0: I've, I've talked to a few of you guys, that's around, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing? You know, you know the general consensus is, eh, okay. <laughs> so, well, let's get encouraged in the Lord and I, let's sing together and uh, enjoy a little bit of preaching. Ready? All right, let's stand and we'll sing together. One forty-four. Calvary covers it all. Yeah, there's a couple up here. One there. One over there. I, I, kind of what I thought. Because I'm hearing you guys sing. I'm, and I'm hearing you mouth it out. Like, I don't know. I've never heard this song. Let's go. Uh, hey, Rob. Let's go over to the chorus. Let's start on the chorus and do this a couple of times. So, you know, the point of this song is, you know, we are sanctified by Christ's blood. And when his blood redeems us in salvation, it covers us. Right? It washes us. It makes us pure in his sight. And that's we're singing about the blood of Christ on Calvary. This is the chorus right here. Let's try this a couple of times. Ready? Calvary covers Uh, it's not just your past, because as Christians, we are, we can live before His life, but we still struggle, right? Paul did too. Right? He struggled with the flesh. But even that sin, yep. it still is there. Mm-hmm. Christ has already covered that. He's covering it all. We just need to rest in Him and trust in Him. Alright, let's sing the chorus again. Ready?
1: I have it. No, there we go. Okay. Good to have you all here. We've got uh, a parent-teen meeting going on with Mr. David, so uh, there's some of some missing here tonight, but that's all right. You're here. We're glad to have it. Glad to have you. Some of you have been asking about our vacation. We had a wonderful time, I'm going to tell you. I'll say it publicly so that they can hear it if they if they ever get around to listening to this church service, but you ought to go visit Josh and Mia. It's like you go plant yourself there, and it's the perfect place to go so you go there and uh from where they live it's 45 minutes to gettysburg so you can spend a day there 20 minutes to hershey you can spend a day there eat some chocolate do whatever uh 45 50 minutes to lancaster you can go watch sight and sound and get in amish country and do all of that stuff there uh there's uh state parks the appalachian trail is like 15 minutes away if you want to hit the appalachian trail and start hitting part of that i mean it's a long trail it does, but you can start on part of it anyway. Two and a half hours, you can be in Washington, D.C. Three hours, you can be in New York City. I mean, it's like the place to go. So, uh, you know, just go plant yourself there and spend some day trips. We didn't do all of those things, but we had a blast, and we appreciate your prayer. Uh, congratulations, Trey and Sarah. We've got a house, right? So we're hoping for that. So they're going to be moving, so congratulations to them. Uh, you probably already have heard about Paul Sharon, but I'll give you some details today. Paul Sharon passed away while we were gone. If you remember, this is kind of a running joke for our pastoral staff every time that we leave town, it seems like somebody dies. So anybody Paul Sharon was ninety seven, am I saying that right? Ninety seven years old. Uh so uh, so we're excited that he's with the Lord and with Miss Martha and some I think Zach was telling me, um, that uh, you know, they could, they were joking that Miss Martha was like saying, "What took you so long (laughs) to get here?" Because she's been with the Lord for several years now. But anyway, uh, the funeral's going to be Friday, and it will be here. Ten o'clock visitation time. Noon, noon is the service time. We will follow that with a. After the uh, graveside, we'll come back and have a luncheon here. So those of you involved in the luncheon side, uh, you can know about that. So uh, our condolences to the family, but at the same time we're rejoicing. You know that uh, he knew the Lord. World War II vet. IMPD, uh, retiree, uh, lieutenant, police lieutenant. So we're expecting and anticipating there might be some police officers here on Friday. So the gospel be going forth. So we ask you to pray that as we send the gospel forth that God would do a work there as uh, he's just working. Uh, Miss Patty Dennison has COVID, so pray for her. Uh, So I'm just mentioning things before I forget. Uh, Judy Spain, her brother Larry, uh, is having some more back issues, so pray for him as he's trying to deal with that narrowing of the spinal cord for him. Keeps pinching the nerve there, uh, so pray for him there. And uh, somebody, Miss Sharon McKinney, is having a shot in the back tomorrow, so pray for her as well. So, anyway, uh, we'll get prayer requests at the end. I just want to say the ones that I know. Oh, and uh, Mark and Amy, Mark's sister, uh, Cindy, has been diagnosed with cancer. We've been praying for her. Uh, she needs the Lord, but beyond that, now they've given her about three months. Uh, they sent her home on hospice care. So our heart goes out to Mark and his family, and just pray that the Lord just use this to uh, work in her heart to draw her to Himself. Right? That's just, that's the prayer as we're uh, seeing these kinds of things happen. She's in her mid-fifties, I think you said, perhaps. So um, uh, just pray for Cindy, if you would, please. All right, we'll have a word of prayer, and we're going to jump back into our study. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity we have to just be together, study your word, to grow in your grace, and pray that you would challenge us tonight as we uh, do so, that we would allow your Holy Spirit to just uh, make us more like your son. And we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to say this, too, on air so that those who might be listening, but um, we are, because of of... Sickness and, and death and things like that, we are going to move our activity from this Sunday. Uh, so we're putting it back actually a month. Uh, so those of you that are in my Sunday school class, the uh, the chopped cook-off is going to be moved back uh, because we have sick people. Uh, Melody's sick as well. She doesn't have COVID. She just has, we don't know if it's a flu bug or what, she woke up in the middle of the night just kind of nauseous and, and uh some issues, so just pray for her. But uh, she's doing fine. She's feeling better already. But she's not going to be here to to uh, get you guys sick or anything. So, how many of you met Miss Pat last Sunday? I wasn't here last Sunday, so Miss Pat came to visit, and she seems to have gotten around. So at least two of you remember her. She came back again this morning. She was thrilled about our church, and uh, she's looking for a church. She came to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I wasn't here, but she came this morning, and uh, so. Uh, Just pray for Ms. Pat. She she seems to just be thrilled with our church. All right, we're continuing our study. Uh, This is called Side by Side. Everett T. Welch, I'm going to say it again. I just keep reminding you, this guy is not an independent fundamental Baptist. He's just a guy that's writing a book, and we're going to learn from him. He's he's got a doctorate in psychology. Don't let that scare you from him. He's also got a a doctorate in biblical counseling, and he understands the concept of biblical counseling. And so the, the, the premise of the book is, that God looked at mankind, all of us in this room, and said, it is not good that man should be alone. And he gave us a helpmeet, right? From the very beginning, God says, we're not, we're not made to be alone. We're really not. God, male and female, made he them, right? And so that carries itself through in our spiritual walk as well. We're not meant to go this alone. We're not. Uh, we have a God who has provided help. The great help that he has offered, of course, is this book, right? He gives us the scripture, and we can go to the scripture and find, according to Second Peter chapter 1, and verse 3, all things that pertain to life and godliness, right here in this book, so we can get the help that we need. And that's going to be found in this, in this uh, little study. And I've ordered these, but they still haven't come in. They should have been here like two weeks ago, but I don't know if they're back-ordered or what. I haven't, quite honestly, on vacation I didn't bother to... Look, So I'll look into it this week and see what's up. But, um, but he also gave us the Holy Spirit of God. right? He, when, when we get saved, he gives us the Holy Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit who seals us to the day of redemption, that Holy Spirit that guides us, that illuminates our hearts and minds, that, that Holy Spirit that helps us to understand the things that we ought to do, that convinces us of sin and righteousness and judgment, that comforts us, all of those things uh, that will never leave us nor forsake us. That's, that's a gift from God because God looked at us and said, we shouldn't do this alone. But there's another point, and that's the side-by-side concept, and that God gave us the church because God said, you know what, these guys, these, these Christians, while we know Christ as our Savior, we're going to need some help along the way, and he's given us the Word, He has given us his Holy Spirit, and he's given us one another. Uh, the challenge is, and we're on this side of the challenge, and so there's two sides to this book, Uh, Not only is it called side-by-side because we're we're being challenged to walk side-by-side, but there's two sides to the uh, understanding of it. One is that we're all in need of help, and we need to be willing to accept the help. And how often is it that we just find ourselves not willing to accept help? And then the flip side is everybody you know is in need of help, and God has left you here to be a helper. Those without the gospel, to give them the gospel and those who are Christians to come alongside and encourage them. So we have two roles here, and we're focusing on the side that says we need to recognize that we need help. So we look, the last time we met together, because I wasn't here last Wednesday, uh, but the last time we met together, uh, we were looking at the life is hard, right? The life is just difficult, and we all face trials. And, and uh, in that song uh, we, we sang this morning in, at Suburban, day by day and with each passing moment, and the next line, I want you to catch this strength I find to meet my trials here. What is implied by that phrase? Strength I find to meet my trials here. That you're gonna have trials, right? I mean, it's kinda of, the, the, the songwriter approaches it as, of course, this is a given. Uh Job said the same thing man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Uh, Right? We're we're told by God and and James that we should count it all joy when to fall in temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work of patience. So we're going to have trials. We're going to have difficulties. It's not going to be easy for us to get through life. And when we dig our heels in and say, I'm going to do this without help, we're being stubborn and willful, and we're not allowing God to provide for us. You know, God is the great Jehovah-Jireh, right? He's the great provider. That's what he is. And he provides us help. So you've heard this story a thousand times, but it's a good illustration. It's like the guy, uh, you know, he's, they're in the middle of a flood, and this guy's up on top of his house, right? And he's like, Lord, please save me. Lord, please save me. And a guy comes by in a boat and says, hey, hop in. The guy says, no, no, I've asked the Lord to save me. You know, Lord, please save me. Lord, please, that helicopter comes over and lowers down a rope and says, climb on. The guy says, no, no, I've asked the Lord to save me. Lord, please, and that's what we do sometimes, right? We, God's trying to provide us help. God's like, hello, I gave you my Bible. God, I gave you my Holy Spirit. I've given you a church, and we're still trying to do this on our own. And so that's what we're looking at. That's kind of intro to what we're getting into this topic. And so if you remember the concentric circle, I should have put the, that slide on here to remind you of it. But God was the outside circle. Everything has to go through God. And then as you work inward, uh, you know, it's all the things that are impacting us. Everything goes through God, and God is impacting us, by the way, and everything comes. But what was that center? What's at the center of the circle? And that's going to be our heart, right? Our hearts are at the center of that circle. So when the Bible talks about our hearts, not talking about this thumping thing, what is it talking about? What is our heart? Okay, that's the seat of our will. Well, that's one thing that's there, right? Our will is in there. We have a will. We can choose. We can dig our heels in and, and refuse the help that God's offering. Right? We have a will, and that becomes a problem. So that's in our heart. What else? What's when God re- refers to our heart? What's he referring to? It's the seat of our will. Okay. Okay, so we get input, but the heart is, becomes the motivation. Is the heart? So we're going to walk through. You're going to see all of these things. This is what's being spoken of. We can talk about our emotions. We can talk about our, our thoughts. All of that is, is dealt with in our heart concept here. So I want you to catch this. This is why our hearts are so busy. And this is actually, I'm going to wear you out by the time we get to the end of this list. Uh, because this is the way we've spent our entire day. By the time you come here on a Wednesday night, your heart has been well used. It's busy. Look, what it, look. and this is from the book, but uh, this is just some things for us to, to consider. Our hearts is what, are what guides our thoughts. Our thoughts come from our heart. Do you believe that? That when we're thinking something, that, that thought is originating not in our brain, right? That, that our brain is just a computer. It only processes information that comes in, that goes in, right? But our heart is not just a computer. It's not. We, it's hard to explain. It's what distinguishes us from the animal kingdom here. right? We, man became a living soul, and, and we're unique. And so uh, all of our thoughts come out of our heart. Here's what the Bible says about it. It says out of the buns of the heart, the mouth speaks. right? It's, this is where our thoughts originate. Our thoughts are originating in our heart. So every thought you've had today, your heart, that, that core being of yours, that, that center that, that we have, that all of us have, has been dealing with every thought. Whether it's a simple thought like, you know, oh, I, did I remember to, to turn off the light before I left? Or, or whether it's a difficult thought like, uh, you know, which way should I swerve to keep from hitting this deer? You know, whatever. I mean, all, every single thought that we've had has come through our heart. So just imagine... By the time you get to the end of the day, how much work your heart is put into just in thinking, just in the, in the concept of thinking. I, I know we, we tend to put this up here in our brain, but again, our brain is, is just dealing with the information that our heart's sending it. Uh, it's not it, – it's just a computer. It's not, it's not really the core of, of us. Uh, it also commands our action. That's what Joe is referring to. That's where we get our motivation. Uh, our motivation is – it starts in our heart. The direction we go. When you were deciding to get up to come to church, that was a thought, but then the motivation to make that happen, in spite of the fact that it's a 104 degree heat index, uh, the motivation was coming from your heart, right? Our, our hearts are, are busy in every action. So think of all the actions you've done today, all the decisions, every choice you've made. Uh, that's your heart, putting to work. Our hearts are busy. Uh, when, when we get to the end of this list, you know what you're going to say? I need help because my heart's tired. Because our hearts are busy. Uh, Our hearts interact with our circumstances. Think about all the circumstances that you face today. At work, you know, somebody said something that uh, you could have been offended by. Somebody didn't do a job they were supposed to do. Uh, Somebody left something out and you tripped over it. Uh, You know, you're driving to church tonight and you proverbially get to that person who does not know how to use a roundabout yet. How long have we had roundabouts and they still don't know how to use them? I, I'm not making this up, you know. And I sat behind a person just yesterday, and we sat there, and we sat there, and it took everything in me not to honk the horn. You know, it's like I, I don't want to be that guy, but it's like, pardon? <laughs> I just honk and wave and smile like a, you know, I wish, I wish your horns came equipped with with a like a a beep beep function. You know, beep beep, that friendly little horn. But, you know, every time you try to do that, it comes across, you know, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, ah. So, you know, but all of that, every circumstance is impacting your heart. That center, that core of your being is being impacted by every circumstance you've gone through today. It's responding to our bodies. Now, I'm looking around. We have, some of you will not get this at all. Others of you will understand this perfectly, Right. But the older we get, the more this becomes true. Our bodies are impacting our heart. You know, I mean, it's... I can remember when, you know, I have always had kind of that, um, you know, K uh, sera, sera, type of attitude. You know, I've just... Ever since I've met Jesus, I've just been able to just have joy and let things just... But it's hard sometimes. You know, now with my body... I have to choose joy sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. It's like I know it still comes from God, right? It's it's there, but it's like, Wow, my body doesn't work like it used to and and we're responding to our bodies. Sometimes we're responding to our bodies I mean, temptation is that way, right? What things that, that we desire and our bodies are responding to, you know, oh man, I would really like to have this or I'd like to do that or whatever and and so but all of that is everything everything is touching our heart. None of this that we've talked about is able to bypass our core being. And then uh, we're developing relationships, right? Our, every relationship you have. I mean, think about this for a moment. Um, now, in Bible times, especially if you, in, in your King James Bible, it says, you know, I love you with, it doesn't say with all of my heart, right? What does it say? It does say that, right? We should love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But you get in the Old Testament, what does it say? Bowels, yeah, our bowels. <laughs> we don't talk that way. Praise the Lord. Uh, but you know, but the the point that God is getting is that if this is this is coming from somewhere deep inside. That's the point that God is getting across, right? It, in every relationship we have, whether it's a relationship that we want to be in and we desire because we love this relationship, we love these people or if it's, because, if it's something we're avoiding, we don't like these people and we're trying to push them away, it's all coming out of our heart, right? Our heart is being impacted by every single relationship, relationships at work, relationships here at church. Uh, you know, and, and when relationships become a chore, it's a chore in our heart. When relationships are a joy, it's less of a chore in our heart. But every relationship is touching our heart, determining our work. Again, we're talking about that motivation concept, not just our actions, but our work. What are we going to actually do? Um, this is kind of, ever since COVID, we've kind of come into a situation as a nation where people have lost their motivation to work, as a general statement. I, I don't think we have, but as, as a nation, this is a problem for us. Um, if, if you want to get a job, all you have to do is retire, and go find another job. Because there's somebody who will hire you in a heartbeat because you're the kind of person that will work, right? It's difficult to find the 20-something guy that will show up and actually work. There's a lack of motivation. Well, the problem is there's a core problem, right? There's a problem in the heart. The heart, because our work touches our hearts. Responding to spiritual beings. Now we're talking about the devil tempting us, and we're talking about angels ministering to us, and I know that doesn't happen that often, or maybe it happens more than I know. The point is that we don't know, right? I'm not one of those people that sees a demon under every rock or sees an angel behind every door. Uh, it's, it's just the reality is, though, that as God is dealing with us, our heart is impacted. We're bombarded by the world. Uh, if, you know, think about this. If, you, if you'd made the mistake of turning on the radio on your way home from work today, you probably got discouraged, you know I mean I, you're here, which tells me that you're not like chomping at the bit to see the presidential debate because you're at least going to miss part of it uh tonight, and so why? Because the world just bombards us, and you know what gets bombarded is our heart it's that core being, and uh it's reacting with emotion you know it's this is our our heart is the seat of our emotions, and so whether it's Joy and laughter, or whether it's tears and sorrow, uh, that's coming from our heart. But the last one is what we really want to focus on. This is why we need help. Look at all those things, and then our heart is our connection to God. Now think about this. It is no wonder we fail in our Christian walk when we refuse the help that God offers, or the help of the Holy Spirit that God offers, or the help of the church that God offers and we're trying to walk through this spiritual life alone and before we ever come to God our hearts are doing all our hearts are busy and tired and battered and God looked at us and said it is not good that man should dwell alone i'm going to give him some help so guys we've got to be willing to accept some help from this God of ours we don't want to be that stubborn guy that says i don't need help so apart from pride we know that it's pride at the base of it but why why does pride keep us from asking for help what's the, what's the factor that makes pride get in the way what what makes me say i'm not i don't want to ask for help what, and don't don't tell me pride i know that but what makes me say that oh you know hey i'm the dad right i'm not supposed to have to deal with problems. I don't want my kids to see that, I'm, that I have a weakness. I'm the pastor. Try being a pastor sometime. You know what? Pastors are supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be leading. We're not supposed to have any weaknesses. Do you think your pastor has any weaknesses? Don't tell me. I don't. But, I mean, we do. And so when, when we say, no, I don't need help, we're literally saying that to God. Right? We're not saying that to God's people. We're saying it to God. Because God's the one that offered the help. And God looked at John Ray a long time ago and said, It is not good that this guy is going to, should try to do this alone. I'm going to give him some help. I'm going to, I'm going to provide some help. And it becomes a real challenge to, to accept the help that, that God has to offer. Let's keep going. So that's just one slide, and I've got to hurry or run out of time. Our busy hearts are here's, here's some busy hearts in the Scripture. Now, there's like 387 times that this word heart is used in the Scripture. And it's virtually never used about the organ that pumps. It's always about this inner man that we are. But here's what the Bible says. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. What was happening here in Genesis chapter 6? All right. God's God's about to flood the earth. And God is telling us why he's about to flood the earth. And the Bible says that God looked upon man and saw that every imagine of the thoughts of man's heart Imagination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continued. Let me ask you something. Is that still true? It is. Have you read Jeremiah lately? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's still true. It is still true. Is that true about us? Wait a minute. We have redeemed hearts. Is it true about our redeemed hearts? Until this mortal puts on immortality, we get up and fight the flesh every day, read Romans, and see the Apostle Paul saying, the things I know I should do, I don't. The things I know I shouldn't do, I do. And I'm fighting this battle every day. You know why? Because the, this heart, while it's redeemed, is still deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And the problem is I don't even understand my own heart. Remember, we get to get 1 John chapter 1, and it says things like this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say that we would not sin, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We're fooling ourselves to think that we don't need help to live the Christian life. And God not only gave us one help, but at least three. He gave us his word, he gave us his spirit, he gave us his church so that we can come along side by side with one another using the word using the Holy Spirit of God, encouraging one another, because God's, God knows that in order for us to, to overcome sin in our lives, it took the death of his son, which gives us the victory, and then a cooperation with the death of his son in our lives. So now we're saved. we have the ability to have... You know, to have victory over sin, but we still have to cooperate. We have to make some choices. We have to put off, renew our minds, put on. It doesn't just happen automatically. We have to, we have to cooperate with God in this process. And God says, and along the way you're going to need some help, John. This isn't going to just happen because you think about it. it. You're going to need some help along the way, and, and God's given us help. Uh, in Genesis chapter 45 it says, And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed that. Anybody know why Jacob's heart was fading here in Genesis chapter 45? Okay, Jacob Jacob buried Joseph in his mind a long time ago, right? Joseph, his son, he thought was dead. And his his sons go to Egypt to get some grain. They come back, and they're like, Dad, Joseph is alive. And here's what the Bible says, And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Now, by the way, that's great news, right? That's good news. And yet, even with good news, look at the impact it's having on his heart. His heart's fainting because sometimes it's hard to believe the good news because that's the problem. Our heart, it, it's that inner core, and it's it's being beaten up and and used so much every day. And so as the news comes, you know we're, we're struggling. Here's Jacob, his heart's fainting. Have you ever had a fainting heart? I, I've never I've never had someone come back from the dead. I'm I'm being honest, okay? I've never had someone that I thought had died and then come. Somebody said, oh no, they didn't die. Um, I, kind of I guess. I got a phone call one day. i got to be careful saying this on the airways, so I, I won't use names. But uh, I'll, I'll mention that it would be Pastor Andrew and Pastor Brett's soccer coach. Do you know who I'm talking about now? I'll say it that way and not using names. And I get this phone call and said, they just announced that, that so-and-so had, had died in a car wreck and i'm thinking how am i going to tell brett and andrew this i mean this is going to be a blow you know it's a big deal and i mean I, i'm literally crying you know you know me i'm mean, i get i'm I, i'm crying for them i you know cuz i'm like this is going to crush them and i'm i'm calling i called andrew first and i was going to call brett and i said andrew i i can't confirm this this is just what i was told you know blah 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 so before I called Brett, we got some confirmation, and it was a, a guy with the same name that actually teaches at the college, but he does it—how um, was it? He does it like—he's oh, an online teacher for them. And so it was not the same guy. So that's the closest I've come to saying somebody's dead, and then they're finding out that they're not. You know, other than you remember my Miss Jean story, right? When Miss Jean was was dying, breathing her last breath, she stopped breathing, and I announced to the family, I think she's gone, and 30 seconds later, she takes a big breath. That was not a good idea, but she died shortly thereafter, <laughs> minutes thereafter. But anyway, uh, you know, that just doesn't happen that often, right? It doesn't happen that often. That, that, uh, but here's Jacob. His heart's fainting. Now, I have had some situations, though, where my heart is going on a roller coaster. Right? I've maybe not been like Jacob, but I've had situations where minute by minute, it's like things are changing. Oh, things are going good, things are going bad, things are going good, and, and your heart's on a roller coaster. That's that's tough. Here's Jacob. His heart's fainting. Uh in Exodus chapter thirty six. Even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. Anybody remember what they're talking about here in Exodus chapter thirty six. That's right. So they're they're building the tabernacle and and god said to moses you know get these people together and god literally says here they he stirred up the hearts of the people to do a work Have you ever been stirred to do a work for god Have you ever had god just kind of stir you up to do something i mean that's what was happening here these are these are not people who are called a full-time christian service or anything they're just they're the, they're the average church attender right and god stirs them up to do a work and uh, because that's the key our heart is the key to this so you've got all this wickedness in our heart, and our hearts are struggling just to keep our emotions in balance. And it's that same heart that God is using to stir us up to serve him. Do you think along the line we might need some help in dealing with all this stuff? Uh, in, in Numbers chapter 32, you've got a discouraged heart. In, Numbers, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, you've got a heart that's obstinate, stubborn. Uh, you know, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, you've got a heart that seeks after the things of God. Uh, with all their hearts, seeking after the things of God. This is our heart. It's doing all of these things every single day. By the way, that that could be today for virtually everyone sitting here. Our hearts being wicked, our hearts having up and down moments, our hearts being stirred to do things for God, our hearts being discouraged, our hearts being stubborn, our hearts... We could have done that today. That could describe your day. Probably does describe my day. And, And... do we think that we're going to do this without some help? And God says, let me help you. And we don't want to be that guy on the roof who says, I I can do this, or I'm going to wait on God. We don't want to be that guy. God keeps providing us help. Let's let him do it. Uh, Here's some biblical terms for heart, other things that are used for heart. In Ephesians chapter 3, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might, or I'm sorry, with might by his spirit in the inner man, right? That's that's that phrase that would also refer to that thing that the Bible calls the heart, that inner man. That's, that's what's being spoken of here. My soul, he says, David says in Psalm 6, is sore vexed uh, in Psalm 25. I lift up my soul to you, O Lord, unto thee, O Lord, to lift up my soul. So uh, that soul, that word soul is being used as that, as that inner man, that thing that connects to God, that thing that is vexed, uh, that thing that is that inner man. That's what's being spoken of here in Romans chapter 7. <clears throat> I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now up here we see earlier that we serve God with our heart. We seek him with our whole heart. We love him with our whole heart. and We serve him with our whole heart. And here it's with our mind. And that word mind in this, in this context is interchangeable, so to speak, with that inner man. God's not talking about our brain He's talking about that part of us which connects to God, that, that part of us which distinguishes us from everything else that God created. We were made in the image of God, and it's that heart that makes the difference. Um, in Romans chapter 2, uh, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile of accusing or else excusing one another. That word conscience Tied right there to the heart, uh, this, is, this is what all this does, right? It's, it's a law written in our heart, and he says that's the conscience. That law that's written in your heart, it's, it's the reason why you don't have to tell kids not to lie. Now, you should tell kids not to lie, right? But you don't have to. Kids already know it's wrong without you ever saying a thing. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that kids automatically try to cover up their their own Lies and their own sin—they know it. You didn't have to tell them. You didn't have to point it out because there's a law written on the heart. It's a conscience, and all of these things are used. So if you if you think about it as your conscience for a moment, the Bible says that our conscience—what can happen to our conscience as Christians? What's the danger of our conscience? Searing—that Searing. our conscience quits working. Uh, why does it quit working, Brother Tim? Do you remember? Well, or, can you, how would you explain it? Why did you quit working? If you tell the Holy Spirit no time, you time, lose the ability to feel Right. It's, it, we, we quit feeling that conviction that our conscience brings. When we ignore it, when we ignore it, when we ignore it. That's why the person who keeps lying, you didn't have to tell that three-year-old not to lie. They knew not to lie. But if they keep lying by the time they're 16... They'll lie without any guilt whatsoever you know, because the conscience becomes seared. It quits working uh, because it's just no longer able to feel. And so I want you to think about this. We just went through all the busyness of our heart, everything that your heart has been through today, all that stuff. And yet the heart has to feel in order to respond to God. Uh, there's that verse, I wish I knew, somebody can look it up for me because I can't remember it. But it says, beyond feeling, do you remember that verse it's in, Paul, Paul, in Paul's writings? Um, that what happens is they, they, they became beyond feeling, uh, un, unable to feel conviction anymore is what it's really talking about. They're just living wickedly now because they're beyond feeling. And it's a dangerous place for us to get to. Well, think about this. Look at all their hearts. All that our heart has done today, our hearts are battered. And God looked at us and said, we need some help. So then we come to church, folks. It's a side-by-side concept. And if all we're going to do is put on a stoic face and pretend that we are victorious in Jesus and we're not fighting any battles in our Christian walk, that's somebody else, you need to go help somebody else because I don't need it. What happens to the guy who stays on the roof? What happens to that guy? He drowns. Eventually the floodwaters just come and take him away. You understand? I mean, it's a dangerous place, a dangerous way to try to live the Christian life. God says, I've given you some help. Think about this for a moment. How, don't, uh, this is rhetorical, I don't want you to answer. How easy do you find it to set this book aside and not read it? Okay, so that's already, we've already said, I can easily not find help from God. God says, here's help, and we set it aside. And then the Holy Spirit's there, and the Holy Spirit's prodding us, and the Holy Spirit's encouraging us, and we, we're, we quit responding, and we quit responding, and before you know it, we're no longer feeling. And then we come to church, and this is the one that we find the easiest to ignore, right? God's like, I'm I keep offering you help. And if you don't accept help, you're gonna drown. This is just you know, I I, I thought about that verse. There's a verse, um somebody'll tell me where it's at, Isaiah, I think. But anyway, that verse that says, If you walk through the waters, they won't overtake you, if you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. I'm paraphrasing it, you know. What's that verse? Anybody know? I thought it was gonna be somebody's life verse. Isaiah 42, is it? Isaiah 42, 1 or 2, something like that. But anyway, so here's what we do sometimes. We're like, see, Pastor John, I don't need anybody but Jesus. I, I, I can walk through the fire. I, I, all I need is Jesus. I, he, he, made a, he gave me a promise. Here's what he promised. He promised to get you through. He promised to help you through it, right? And then he gives you help. And then he gives you help. And he gives you help. In the whole no, no, it's not like I only need Jesus. I need whatever help that God offers That's what I need. God didn't offer help we don't need. Think about this for a moment. God didn't offer help that we don't need. So the idea that we don't need each other makes no sense. It's a challenge. I I keep saying this every week, and I'm going to say it again. We're not trying to build whiners, right? Nobody wants you to come to church and
2: say, Oh, I'm so needy. Please help me
1: Nobody wants that, right? Nobody wants it from you, and and it's not a reflection of what God's doing in our lives. But it is true that when we need help, we'd better be willing to accept it. And sometimes other people might sense our need for help more than we do because we may have become unfeeling toward our circumstance. We may not even realize that we're in over our head. And so when somebody comes along and says, hey, can I help you? It might be a time to reflect that God is reaching out a hand of help. And are we really going to slap God's hand away when he's offering to help? So the first part of this book is just trying to get us willing to accept help because we need it. And uh, this is just about our heart. We talked about our life last week. We talked about our hearts today. Uh, Let's look at emotions Emotions come from the heart. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. Are you glad in your heart, by the way? Um, um, Emotions run the gamut, right? We're human. This is the neat thing about being humans: is that uh, we can literally be laughing one moment and crying the next. That's what it means to be human. We have emotion that runs through us. Uh, But gladness is in the heart, and uh, I, I love that concept. How long, Psalm 13, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart? And look at the word daily. You know, there are some of you, I don't know. I don't know what your hearts are going through. I don't. You know, I know that um, at least for the first six months of this year, this was this was our lives. Our's, Melody and i's, but our church's life. You know, it started out with Caleb and, and went through with cancer patients and went through with uh, you know, Mel's mom and dad and just, uh, you know, it's so I could be with David right there earlier this year, uh, you know, having sorrow in my heart daily. It was hard sometimes just to get up and face what life was doing. And that's what we know. You know what the, the the weird part is I there's things that you go through that I'll never know. I'll never know. And this is what our heart's dealing with. So uh we can have gladness in our heart, we can have sorrow in our heart. In Psalm thirteen it says But I have trusted in thy mercy, and my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Rejoicing, gladness. In Psalm 25, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, bring me out of my distresses. Uh, So there's a troubled heart there in Psalm 25. Uh, Though an host should encamp against me, Psalm 27, my heart shall not what? Fear. All of these emotions. We can keep going. This is not exhaustive at all, right? This is just giving you the idea. This is what our heart's been doing. Do we really think our hearts don't need what God has to offer? And God is literally, I mean, we're, we're in Revelation chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Would you let me help you? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Would you let me help you? And God's people all too often are failing in their Christian walk. But it's a failure to accept help. It's Because God hasn't failed, right? God's Word hasn't failed. The Holy Spirit hasn't failed. God has always provided. But we must accept the provision. And so I'm, you know, one more week of this, of just trying to focus on getting us ready and willing to accept help when we need it. Again, not being needy and not you know, being whiny, but... Allowing God to help us and to show us what he has really for us. So uh, that's all we have for today. It's about you got about seven minutes here, but uh, let's take a prayer request, and then we can let you have some prayer time together. Anybody else have some prayer requests? I've shared with you the things that I mentioned. Yep, Bob. Yes, I did see that. Thank you. It came across in a prayer chain. So Brian's mom fell, and the way it set in the prayer chain, she landed on her face. And uh, so it sounded like it was going to be pretty bad, so they took her to the emergency room. So pray for Brian's mom, uh, Brian Walker's mom. Anybody else? Yeah, just
0: a funeral Friday. It's, it's, yep. It probably will be the you know, home if We don't worry about
1: Yeah, amen. Amen. So, 97, he's got a, he's a World War II vet as well, so there's going to be a lot of lot of things to commemorate in the funeral service, but uh, police officers are usually pretty good about showing up and honoring, and so, uh, you know, we're just going to make sure the gospel goes forth, and, and I've got to, uh, your dad tried to call me for the church service, so I've got to call him. Uh, see, I don't know what, it, what exactly he wants, but uh, make sure that we get things taken care of there. So, pray for Friday. So, gospel go forth and people be tender. Thank you, yes. And Miss Vicky has a, uh, you know, she had uh, um double mastectomy and she's now, there's a, an infection of some sort that they're just struggling with. So if you would pray for Miss Vicky, she would really appreciate that. So, all right, let's break up into the prayer groups and when you finish praying, you can be dismissed. If you're waiting on your kids, it'll probably be another 10 minutes, so don't forget them. <laughs>